Well, the title of my message today is The Price is Paid. Amen. How many of you like to have your bills paid? Price is paid. You know, has anybody ever saved your life? I had my life saved once. I was out in the, Donna's like, when do you have that done? I'll tell you. <laughs> I was out in the desert one day with some friends and we were riding in Jeeps, you know? We were camping out there and going around in Jeeps and everything. Well, we got this bright idea to do it at night. It's like, great. So we're, we're <laughs> don't, Delonda's like, you were drinking. <laughs> I wasn't walking with the Lord at that time, so I may have been. But as I was, we were driving and we went up this hill in this Jeep up this hill and we got to the top, we high centered. And so we're rocking back and forth on the, on the frame, you know, and, and we're rocking it and rocking it, trying to get it to go over the hill. And somebody runs up the hill and you'll never know he saved my life. He says, stop, 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 turn it off. We turned it off, we stopped. We got out and we looked down. There was no other side to the hill. The Jeep that went in front of us was upside down down there. And we would have landed right on top of him upside down. Probably an explosion and everything. That guy broke his arm that was in front of us, you know, cause it was a lot of powder that we were in. And he was strapped in it, but that guy saved us, man. He came up to the top, stop, stop, shut it off. And boy, we looked down, it was like, oh, thank God. Thank God, we would have landed right smack on top of that Jeep and good chance we would have been dead that day. But you know what? Jesus came to save us, amen. You know, I think about that guy telling us to shut it down. There's some things in our life that Jesus is saying, you just need to shut it down, okay? You need to shut it down because I have a plan for you, okay? I have purpose for you. I have a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope, amen? That's what God has for us, amen? So today we're going to read out of Luke 23. And this is uh, 40, verse 49. It's titled, The Death of Jesus. So if you'll stand with me. By this time, it was about noon and darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone and suddenly the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn down the middle. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. When the Roman officer overseeing the execution saw what happened, he worshiped God and said, surely, this man was innocent. And when all the crowd that came to see the crucifixion saw what had happened, they went home in deep sorrow. But Jesus' friends, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching. Dear Heavenly Father, we stand here before you today with thanksgiving in our hearts for what you've done for us. That Jesus, you were willing to be that sacrifice for our lives, to pay the price for our lives so that we don't have to pay the price. We are truly grateful today. 
And I ask that you continue to open up our eyes to the understanding of what this means. That, Lord, that we would be free from all sin and shame and guilt, Father God. That, Lord, that we would walk with you and talk with you. We thank you, Father God, for your loving kindness. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. But this was a total love move again on the part of God towards us. Amen. He loves us so much. He loves, look at your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. He does. He loves you. You know, I, I like to drink, uh, I like to drink LaCroix water, sparkling water. I get tired of just drinking regular water, you know. But when I, I was looking at the box the other day, it just caught my eye. It said zero, cal zero calories, zero sweetener, zero sodium, sodium equals innocent. I thought, really? It doesn't have the stuff in you that's going to kill you. It doesn't have the aspartame and all that other junk. Then I look at Jesus, born of a virgin, sinless life, died for our sins, ascended into heaven innocently perfect that's jesus amen and that is who he is that is what he's done and he did it out of love for you and me amen you know we read we've just read of his death in the scriptures there in luke but the great thing about jesus the awesome thing about jesus like no other man not muhammad not buddha not confucius nobody else there's no no one like him in this sense. He didn't stay dead. He didn't stay dead. He resurrected, amen. Luke 24, verse two, it says, they found the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. You know, they come around the corner, the stones rolled away, they're like, ah! You know, because they don't know what to think. You know, did somebody steal him? What's happened? Where's he at? And then they, they go in the tomb. It says, verse 3. So they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They stood there puzzled. Two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. And the men asked this, why are you looking for someone, looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He's alive, amen. He's alive. I know it sounds like an Easter message, but hey, we're going through the doctrine to, to the resurrection to know what we can grab a hold of today, what we can believe in, take to heart. He is alive, amen. He's not dead anymore. He rose from the dead amen death could not hold him it couldn't hold him and after being resurrected he was seen and taught for 40 days you remember the the time when he you know he walked in to the room through the door through the door not not open the door but through the door he walked in into the midst of them said hey guys what's up and they're like you know, and then Thomas wasn't there and Thomas says, I'm not going to believe it unless I can stick my finger in his hands and in his side. I'm not going to believe it. So Jesus comes back. So when Thomas is there, he says, hey, Thomas, come on. 
Go ahead, put your hand in here. Put your hand in here. Go ahead, put your hand in here. You know, Thomas is sticking his fingers in him and, and, and he tells Thomas this. He says, Thomas, you believe because you see. He says, but how much more blessed are those that are gonna believe that don't see. That's us. He was talking about us back then. Oh, you're blessed, amen. Because you believe. Even though you haven't seen it, you believe, amen. And because you believe, woo, you're blessed. In Acts chapter one, verse one, I got a lot of scripture, just write them all down. Acts one, one, verse one, it says, in the first book I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving the chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. Here it is, verse three. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Amen, he talked to them. That's so cool. It's like in the beginning, when he had Adam and Eve and God would come down in the cool of the day and he would talk to them. He talked to his disciples after he'd been resurrected. He didn't leave them to figure it out on their own. He showed up. Amen. He showed up and he's showing up today. Amen. And you can read, keep reading on accounts. You know, I told you about Thomas. What about the guys, the two disciples that are on the road to Emmaus? They're confused. And they're torn up because they don't know what happened. I mean, Jesus is missing. I mean, Jesus went and, 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 and saw Mary in the garden. And Mary, Mary goes back and says, I saw Jesus. And they're like, are you sure it was him? They doubted. And even before Jesus was resurrected, before he, I mean, before he ascended into heaven, he said, he rebuked them. He rebuked them because they didn't believe. They didn't believe that he'd resurrected. They, they just still had a hard time. And so he said, hey, you guys, you know, you need to stop doubting things. And because doubt is our number one faith killer. But he's on the road to Emmaus and it's about an eight mile journey from Jerusalem. These disciples, they're walking, they're confused. They're like, man, what is going on in the world today? Where's our master? Where's our teacher? What happened to him? And you know, these two guys are talking. This guy walks up to him and he goes, hey, what's up, guys? And they said, man, don't you know where you been, man? They killed our master in Jerusalem and now somebody stole his body. We don't know what happened to him. And it was Jesus they're talking to. But Jesus kind of, you know, blinded them from seeing him, who he really was. And so he's walking with them and he's like, hey, let me just unpack some scriptures for you. You know, back in the Old Testament, it testified, and I gave you all those, a lot of those Old Testament scriptures last week, you know, that how he um, would be born in Bethlehem, you know, how he'd be born of a virgin. You know, he's unloading all the, all the scripture to him. And then he, he sits down with them at Emmaus and he breaks bread with them. And when he breaks bread with them, when he had communion with them, then their eyes were open to who he was. And they were amazed. They got up, he disappeared. He disappeared. He just, he's gone. So they got up and they went back to Jerusalem. Oh, we saw Jesus. And they're like, 
really? Are you sure it was him? Yeah, we know, man. We were right there. We broke bread with him. And and then he just disappeared. Mm. Doubt. And you know, when we doubt, it just, it just, it's like it puts handcuffs on God for us because we wonder, is he, is he going to do something? Is he not going to do something? You know, we say, oh God, you know, we wait till like we say the 11th hour. No, it's a perfect hour. There's no 11th hour to God. God is always on time. Amen. He's always on time. He's perfect. Amen. He's perfectly innocent. Amen. And that's what he does. Acts chapter one, verse nine, it says, because they didn't just see him alive. But they saw him ascend. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. I mean, oh my God, I think I would faint. I'd be, boom. I would just be incredible to have seen that day when he ascended. And they're just standing there like, looking at the balloons up on the ceiling, you know? And they're watching him go. And the, and the angels are like, what are you looking at? What are, what are you doing? You know he's coming back, right? Yeah, but, you know, get on to Jerusalem. Do what you're supposed to be doing. See, and that's what God wants us to do. He doesn't want it just us to gaze at what's going on. He wants us to be about his business, amen? Everybody say, be about his business. Be about his business. Amen. And there's more evidence of the resurrection. Okay, so we talked about the empty tomb. What about the Roman precautions that were taken? They had the soldiers that were there, soldiers guarding the tomb. You know, they know they fell asleep. They, they gave their life up. And then they paid off the Roman soldiers because um, Jesus is missing and they don't know what happened to him. And so you have that. Then you got the testimony of all the disciples who saw him. Amen. And then you have four writings in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that testify to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 6 tells us that he was seen by over 500 people at one time. One time, over 500 people saw him. We know this is the truth. Jesus was resurrected from the dead, amen? That's why we're here. That's why we can experience his presence. And the great thing about the resurrection, oh man, I get so happy about this. It declares that Jesus is who he said he was, amen? It declares he's the son of God. It declares that he is our savior. It declares he is our Lord, amen. There is so much that he's declaring in what he's done. The death and resurrection describe the atoning work of God, that God has atoned for our sins, amen. He, the price has been paid, amen. You, you do not have to do any works to be saved. Jesus paid the price. All you've got to do is believe that Jesus paid it all. And when you understand that Jesus paid it all, you're good. You're good. You, you, get, you get with him. Romans 8, 34, it says, who then will condemn us? And I love this. It says, no one. Look at your neighbor and say, no one. No one will condemn you, amen. No one can condemn you. 
Amen. We've been made right by the power of the blood of Jesus. So no one condemns for Jesus Christ died for us, was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. He's interceding for us. He's praying. Jesus is your cheering section. You know, you, 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 you could go turn on a football game today and, and you could see, you know, 90,000 fans in a football stadium cheering on a team. Well, that, that Jesus is our biggest fan. He is in, sitting at the right hand of God saying, saying look at Delali today. Look at her. Oh, she worshiped me today. Look at Cindy back there just shining with the glory of the Lord. Look at her. Look at my presence is all over her today. Look at that today. He's, he's cheering for you, Liz. He's like, look at Liz. Oh, she's wonderful. She's beautiful. She's marvelous. Amen. Oh, she's powerful. Greg is just, did you see Greg pray the drums? The Lord would say, oh, man. He was just banging that drum for heaven today. Woo, hallelujah. And that guitar that he played today. Oh, the guitar being played, the bass being played, the keys, oh, leading that worship, Tim. It's just beautiful. And Liz singing, and Cindy singing, and Elizabeth singing, and Darlene singing. <laughs> I can't remember everybody's name, sorry. <laughs> Especially when I'm up here. But God, Jesus is just cheering you on. And I'll tell you how I know. Because it says that Jesus, you know, he sat down. He's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. Okay, so that's where he's at. He's sitting right on the right hand of the Father. Right there. But when Stephen was being stoned, he said, I see Jesus standing at the throne in heaven. I believe when Stephen was about to be stoned, man, Jesus stood up. For Stephen. Because Stephen wasn't backing off. Stephen wasn't bowing down to the enemies around him. Stephen was standing up for the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, I'm gonna stand for this one. Jesus loves you. Amen. And he is your best fan. He is your number one fan. And he has a plan for you. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor he's got a plan. And everything that he's done, it comes with promises. Promises to us. And, and I mentioned it earlier, but Acts chapter 1, verse 11. He says, men of Galilee, they said... Why are you, the angels, after Jesus ascended, the angels are standing there and they say, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven. But someday, everybody say someday, someday. he will return from heaven. Whoa, in the same way you saw him go. He's coming back. Amen, he's coming back. He's coming back for his bride, for the church, amen, for those that believe in him. He's coming back. He's going to receive us. He's going to blow that trumpet, amen, and we'll meet him in the air. I think, whoa, that's the greatest promise, amen. He's coming back. He's going to get us. He's going to receive us into heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, it says, then together with them, we, everybody say we, 
who are still alive and remain on the earth. That's us right now, okay? We're all still alive, I think. Some of you look like you're a little sleepy today. But we're alive, amen? We got breath. We're alive and we remain on We'll be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. Forever. We will be caught up into heaven and we will be with him forever. That is, for me, man, that's everything. That is the golden promise right there. That is the blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Because I think about it, if you go to, to Romans 8, you know, it says, while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. You know, him even knowing the things that we would do, the mistakes in life that we would do, the sins we commit while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. The love move. He loves us. Jesus loves you. And he has a plan. And his plan is that one day we'll be caught up in the clouds to meet him in the air. Amen. And that we will be with the Lord for a few days. We will be with the Lord forever. forever. This side's awake. Come on now. We will be with the Lord Come on now. We'll be with the Lord forever. Woo! <laughs> this is our promise of hope that we have, that we hold on to. We'll be going to caught up with him, amen. We will rule and reign with him. Listen, you think you're going to go up there and play a harp and sit on a cloud? Are you kidding me? Man, you're being trained for reigning right now. You're being trained. You're being taught up in the word of God. That when you get there, you're ready to go to work with him, amen? You're to rule and reign with Jesus. You know, I believe we're going to sit on the throne with him. It's going to be a crowded throne, amen? He's going to have to build some extra seats. It's, I want to sit right there on his, on his right side too. You know, I'm just going to jump in there like, like John did on the Last Supper. John laid against him. I'm going to jump in there. You got to fight for it, you know? But not yet. But not yet. One day I'm going to heaven, but not yet. Today, God has a plan for each one of us. And that plan is to spread what I'm telling you today, what Jesus has done for you, what Jesus has done for the world, amen? That's why I say not yet. I don't want to go yet because I want to finish what God has called me to do. I want to finish his plan, his purpose, amen? I want to finish telling as many people as I can about Jesus. That's got to be number one in our lives. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God, amen, has got to be the focus, Jesus. As I've been telling you, you know, humanitarian aid is great and it's lovely, but humanitarian aid without the gospel is nothing. People will still go to hell. You could feed all the people you want in the world, but without the gospel, without what I'm telling you today, people will still go to hell. We, they need the gospel message. They need the, the power of God. 
because the power of God, which will break that poverty spirit, which will cause them to be able to be blessed, which will cause them to be able to have food. You see, we're going out along. We just want to give them food. No, don't just give them, give them the spirit. Break that poverty mentality. Break that poverty spirit. Our pastor in Africa, Pastor Alfred is just, you know, we send him money every month, but it's just so hard there. It's been so hard for him. And he's like, Bishop, they call me Bishop. He said, Bishop, I might have to go to Dubai to work. I said, you can't go to Dubai to work. He says, I have to, I need more funds to my kids' school. I mean, I said, you have to stay the course. You have to trust God. You have to believe that God's gonna do something. You gotta break that poverty mentality off of your people. Your people should be supporting you. Your people should be taking care of you. Your people should be blessing you. You're a great preacher. You're awesome. You win souls. He does crusades almost every week in Uganda. He, they do like a three-day campaign, campaign somewhere in Africa. All about the souls, winning souls. They go, they set up a stage and they get power and they plug in, they bring in dance teams, worship teams, and then preachers and people, hundreds, thousands of people get saved. What are we doing? You gotta be able to at least walk across the room and tell somebody today, Jesus loves you. And he's got a plan for you. You got to be able to tell him, this is what he did for you. He went to the cross. And God put all of our sin and sickness on him. So that you don't have to bear it. God did all that because he loves you. And he has a plan for you. And all you gotta do is to step into that plan is to receive what God has done for you, to receive it in your heart, just to give your life to Jesus and let him take over. See, that's what we need to be sharing with people. Who cares if the Rams wins today or the Dodgers win today, you know? But if Jesus comes, Today, tomorrow, I'm good with that too. Because <laughs> I'll know it's time. But we have a lot of work to do, amen? And we need to finish this strong. And when you come to Jesus, you're, you're on an eternal time clock, amen? You don't have to wait to get to heaven to receive all the promises of God. There are so many promises that he has for us here today. When we surrender to Jesus, they call that what? Being born again. You know, when he, when he told Nicodemus, he said, Nicodemus, you, you must be born again to enter the kingdom of heaven. Nicodemus is like, no, I gotta go back in my mother's womb, you're saying? He's like, no, 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 no. To be born of the spirit. Be reborn in your spirit to where Old things, everybody say old things. Old things are passed away. Old things are done away with. And there's a newness about you. 
I mean, for me, when I got saved, when I fully committed to the Lord from Friday to Monday, I was a different man, different man, different. I'm telling you, different. I went on on Monday, I worked in a machine shop. We were all rough and crazy guys. I went to every guy in that machine shop. I told him I gave my life to Jesus and I apologized to him if I've ever said or did anything that offended him. Told him I loved him, I, I quit drinking, I quit smoking, I quit swearing. All over that weekend, I was transformed. And I apologized. I went with tears in my eyes to every man just to tell him what happened to me in that shop. I worked for a pastor. The pastor was a little freaked out because I don't know if he'd ever seen transformation like that before because God truly set me free, amen? And when we become born again, all things are passed away. All things become new, amen? At salvation, we become that child of God. It's our new birth. We're we're children of the most high God. We're adopted in, we're engrafted into the family of God and we have full rights. Everybody say full rights as sons of God. You have that inheritance that he's promised to us. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17, it declares, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Amen, the new life has begun. This is, this is the regeneration that happens, amen? It results in a radical change in our nature, our character, our desires, and motives of the transformed person. I remember the Lord called me when I was 18. So many times people would tell me that God had called me to be a pastor. And well, I, I, I didn't want to. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was 18, I didn't want to. I wanted to get married, and you know, so I was just... Good, getting married and working and, and I had a tough time the first few years of marriage and but when I when I came back to the Lord I really regretted the things that I had done my heart was really sorry I guess you would say I was sorrowful for the way I've been living my life. And I thought, God, how could you use a man like me? I've been so bad. But because of that regeneration, the old life was gone. And a new life had begun. The old things had passed away and all things become new. I, I just told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'll be happy to be an usher just the rest of my life. Just let me be right here in the house. Just let me be here. And the Lord took me to Jeremiah chapter one. He says, before you were born, I knew you. And he told me, he says, don't worry about what to say. He says, I'll send you to the nations and don't worry about what to say because I'm gonna put my hand on your mouth and I'll give you the words to say. He says, I'm making you a prophet to the nations. And, and I, I, didn't, I mean, I was 26, 27 years old. I didn't even think about what that even meant. I had no idea that I would go to so many countries and minister and do the work that God has, has laid out before us. I had no idea that that's what God's plan was, but he, he just made a way because I don't have the money to travel. I don't have the money. The church doesn't pay for my to travel. People give me money to travel. People I don't know give me money to travel. 
And God makes a way for us to do it. And that's what happens. God will make a way, amen. He changed my desire because I never wanted to fly. I never wanted to go anywhere. You know, I went to a missions conference and my friend said, let's go get anointed. I said, nope. And he goes, why? I'm not leaving Corona. I'm good in Corona. And he goes, well, we're not leaving until you go get anointed. I'm like, ah. Oh. I go up to the front of the line. There was like 20 missionaries, 10 on each side. You walk down, they lay hands on you. The first man, he looked at me and he smiled and he put his hand on my shoulder. As soon as he touched me, my head went between my feet. I was like, whoop. <laughs> then somebody yelled, pick him up. I'm like, oh boy. So they picked me up and then I heard somebody else yell, everybody lay a hand on him. And they all laid hands on me and prayed. And then they took me out and laid me on my face on the concrete, just like this, right on my nose. And the Lord said, I want you to go where you're invited. About 10 times in that next hour as I laid there because I couldn't get off the floor. And I said, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. It was easy to say yes because I thought nobody knows me. I'm not going anywhere. They said, how, how did you go to Pakistan? Somebody on Facebook invited me. You went to Pakistan off of a Facebook invite? The Lord said, go where I was invited. Well, how'd you go to Africa? Facebook. How'd you go to India? Facebook. I didn't know Facebook was gonna come out. Go where you're invited. God's got a plan for you. He's not saved you just to be here. He saved you so that your nature, your character, your desire, your motives are transformed as a person, amen? That's God's intent. Not that we can just keep coming to church and keep doing what we want. No, there needs to be transformation. And then while all this is going on, there's a process of, called justification. I love justification. Justification takes place when we get born again. And the word justifies your judicial or a legal term meaning to acquit or to declare righteous. Okay, and this is what justification does. In simple, ordinary English, it means this. Just as if you've never sinned. That's what it means to be justified. That's what justification is. Just as if you've never sinned. When you come to Jesus and you got born again or you get born again, it, he's like, he's wiping you clean. Just as if you never sinned. And you need to know that all sin is disobedience to God. Amen. And sin's got to be judged. But when you come to the great judge God and we ask for forgiveness, he declares us righteous for the past and, and it's all forgiven and it, it's forgotten. You know, for us, we, we forgive. We have to say things like, well, I forgive you, but I, I'm not gonna do anything with you anymore. I forgive you, but we don't have to walk hand in hand anymore. I forgive you, but I don't think I could ever forget this. See, we say things like that. Well, when Jesus says, I forgive you, he's like, it's gone. 
See, so when you come to God, you get born again, and then the devil tries to remind you of your past, and you go to God and you say, I'm so sorry that I ever did this, and God says, I don't remember that. God says, what are you crying about? Get up, dust yourself off. I don't remember. He has no clue. It gets wiped away as far as the east is from the west. It's gone. When we're born again, when we repent of our sins, it's gone. We are acquitted, amen? It is done. We're declared righteous. All guilt, condemnation, separation are removed by the act of justification. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm justified. Listen, it's more, it's more than being pardoned. See, because someone that is pardoned, you know, like they're in prison and they're pardoned for what they did, they're not declared righteous. We are declared righteous, amen? We are declared righteous. You and I are declared righteous and justified to God because of what Jesus has done for us and us receiving it. Amen. That's what does. Jesus forgives all past sins. Everybody say all. all. And this is where God's grace kicks in, the undeserved favor. So the benefit of being justified at the point of salvation is a great benefit. Oh, it's so awesome. The blood of Jesus washes away our sins. So now that we, remember in the beginning, the scriptures I read, when Jesus was on the cross, that the veil in the temple was torn in two, okay? The veil is what was in front of the Ark of the Covenant, which is where the presence of God would come down. And only one man, once a year, the high priest could go in behind that curtain into the presence of God. That veil was torn in two to give us access to the presence of God now. That we could go in, we could go out. We can come before God, amen, because of what Jesus has done for us. He's not kept us on the outside, but he said, come near to me, amen. The blood of Jesus washes us. We're declared righteousness by God. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Let's pray. Mm. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Father, I'm so grateful for what you've done for us. So grateful. I thank you, Father, for that love move that you did by having Jesus take all of our junk to the cross so that today we can be justified, we can be free from all sin and shame and guilt and condemnation. You are glorious, Lord. You are wonderful. You are marvelous. And you are so generous to us. You've chosen not to give us what we deserve, but you've chosen us to give. You've chosen to give your only son, Jesus, to us so that we could have life, that we could be made righteous, that we could be justified before you. And here we are. Here we are before you.
Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I need to give my life to Jesus today. I need that justification you're talking about. I need my sins just washed away today. If that's you, just raise your hand and wave at me right now. Anybody here today, you need, amen, amen. Anybody else? Anybody, okay, amen. Anybody else? Come on, this is your time. This is your opportunity. Why don't we stand? You raise your hand. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. I want you to come to the front right now because we want to pray for you. We want to pray with you right now. Come on. Come on, it's okay. Come on, Tim. You raise your hand, man. Come on. I, I'm not afraid to call you out, man, because, hey, this is a big move. Can I get some men down here? Can I get some men down here? Some ladies down here. Yeah, come on. Come on. Anybody else? We'll wait one more minute. Come on. You need to be down here. If you need to be down here, get here. Let's get this done. Let's get this dealt with. Come on, Cindy, Liz. Come on. Greg, cover Tim. Praise you, Father. Everybody say this prayer with me today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus, that he died for me. He was resurrected and he's sitting at your right hand. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me, cleanse me. Purify my life today. Let there be a transformation. I'm a new person today. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your love for me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Let's give him a big hand. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. Amen. I can't take care of her silver, can't take care of her silver. Good move, bro. I like your word. Praise God. Remind me of the pastor. It's refreshing. It's clean. Welcome to the kingdom. Thank you. All right, man. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. You can be seated. Father, I pray for every, every one of us today, God. 